just lures you into a false sense of security. He couldn't do anything. He's got a mustache. <laughs> All right, welcome in, everybody, one last time for the 2016 season, despite the fact that it is 2017. I, of course, am your host, Steve Bonham, joined, as always, by Neil Smithy-Smith. Neil, what an interesting and, uh, I believe the word I'm looking for here is ugly? Ugly championship game? <laughs> I think that's the kind word we're looking for here. Yeah, that would be the kindest possible, uh, possible term for whatever that was. <laughs> but, uh, in his 14th season, played every single year, he's one of only three players to play in all 14 seasons. The other two, Eric, uh, who has three titles, and myself with three titles, Steve Flynn Jr., Taking home his first career Smithy Cup. Congratulations, Steve. Long overdue. Yep. Most career playoff appearances, most career regular season wins, and no cups to show for it till now. It all broke his way. Uh, it was the team he didn't want, the team he hated thoroughly, and uh, we walked away from that draft with him saying, yeah, I'm just going to sell off all these pieces. I don't want anything to do with winning. I'm trying to win in 2017. And we all said, "Yep, so he's going to win it. It's already uh it's already yeah. predetermined." And sure enough, here we are. We called this at multiple points throughout yeah. the season that he was going to backdoor into the playoffs because of his schedule and yep. he made all the right waiver moves throughout the season, just whatever he touched. Look, all I'm saying is if Zach Zenner would have played like that all season, Brett would have would have gone to the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. He was playing that's, most that's, of the Detroit Lions all year. The game where he had Jarek McKinnon who had a two and then in the fourth quarter Scored 14 points. No, 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 no. Not the fourth quarter. <laughs> the last drive. The last 30 seconds of that game, yeah. Jarek McKinnon had a two. And then all of a sudden he had four catches for 45 yards and a touchdown on that last 30 seconds of the game. Yeah. And that made a whole 15-point day for him. And this is why, A, we say you have to play every single game yep. all the way through. That's part of it. And then also, it's just this is what's required to win a fantasy championship. Usually, at some point, you're going to get one ridiculously lucky break. It's either going to be in the playoffs or it's going to be in the... But the, it's 90% skill, and then there's always that 10% intangible yes. things breaking your way, like just the die has been cast. Exactly. The die has been cast. In a vacuum, you are absolutely correct. Exactly. We're going to kill Brian on this. <laughs> yeah. Brian's going to get a DUI because of this show. That's As that. a public service <laughs> announcement, we do have a... Uh, a montage of some of our greatest clips at the end and as a public service announcement we are uh, advising you please don't play the drinking game because uh, you will die uh, you will not survive the montage if you're playing the drinking game at home yeah and thank brian he hate me yeah for creating a drinking game that will definitely give everyone alcohol poisoning but look absolutely i, re I refuse to go to the jason taken way of thinking that it's all no, no 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 the, it, that's the, there is a ton of skill involved in this yeah but you cannot ignore the luck factor as you're saying steve has had a ton of skill in this for years and has just never had the luck to break his way well it all broke his way this year that's why when we do all the projections that you get it factors in success over history is a component right. to it and that's why steve flynn's rated so high a lot of the time even when his team is down he's able to play at a high level and he manipulates his roster to put himself in the best position. But he finally did, like you were saying, 
he got all the little bit of luck, the little the little pieces to break his way right when you need him. Yeah, for those of you that remember, I broke it down earlier in the year, and I've broken it down before how the power rankings work. I do one of the sections is called team breakdown, so it compares your weekly score to everyone else's score that week, and you get a record for it. So it's eleven and zero if you had the best score that week, zero and eleven if you had the worst score that week, and it goes through on and on, and it gives everybody a grand total at the end. And uh, Steve actually finished sixth in that category. He was right in the middle. It wasn't a high-scoring team, didn't have a lot of great weeks. He just caught a bunch of great matchups to finish 7-4 and four in the regular season. And then he went to the playoffs. And down there in the lottery bracket, there's his dad who put up a bunch of points, Matt Herrick's stacked team who put up a bunch of points. Even Brian was lingering around there at the end, and he fell out of it and was putting up a bunch of points. And uh, he ends up drawing David in the sixth seed. And David, who struggled really the last, the second half of the year, really, his team yeah. just didn't show up very much. He came out in the second round and had a huge week to knock out Tony. And then in the third round, he only put up 106 points, but Kevin only put up 88. So <laughs> he got the bye to go straight into the title game. He only puts up 113 points, and Kevin puts up 122 thanks to Zeke and beats him. And now this week, he only puts up 109 but Kevin's team puts up 84, so Flynn with 109.1 points, that's the second lowest point total ever in a championship game by the winning team, and I do mean ever. Yeah, so standard league. The lowest score of all time was 103 points in 2007 Yeah. of the FBFL standard scoring standard league. league. Not PPR, I remember. Standard, no, standard scoring. So nine years ago, when we played standard scoring, that was the lowest ever. Flynn scored 109.1 this year. The second lowest was 115 in the 2008 FBFL standard scoring league. So <laughs> historically ugly championship game. But hey, it's, it counts. Scoreboard. It's the it lowest counts. score post-merger, but I tell you what. It counts. Like it's you said, scoreboard. His name scoreboard. is on the side of the cup either yep. way. So, And to be honest, ugliness aside, I don't want to take anything away from it, like of how that went down. But it just goes to the point. Like You catch these matchups when they're yeah, right for you. Exactly. It carried him in. And right. sometimes that's better than necessarily having the best team in the league. Yeah, the just, skill was keeping Jordan Howard when everyone gave up on him. The skill was picking up the, the waiver moves that he was able to do and manipulating his – roster weekly like he did even though he was only putting up like i said 108 109 113 points still to be able to put that up you still had to beat the 84s and 88s that kevin was playing but that was the luck component of it that he caught that right matchup and um yeah congratulations to steve like i like you said i, I certainly don't want to take anything away i'm not trying to you know knock down his championship but that's the that's the component of it, that you have to have everything finally break your way. And for the first time in 14 seasons, yeah. for whatever reason, the fantasy gods decide to shine so, down on Steve. And, that, and a big component of why it's nice to see him win is, like literally, like you said, it's 14 seasons. Yeah. He's been to the playoffs more than anybody else, right. and he's never won. So if anybody really deserves one of these, it's, uh, it's probably Steve Flynn at this point. Yeah, as I said, Flynn, 14 years, same with me, same with Eric. Kevin actually has been in 13. That's the next most. So he's the new Steve Flynn now, I guess. I don't know. And then uh, uh, you've been in 12 because you were not in the first two years of the Golden League. It's all right. Otherwise, I mean, yeah, H historically, 
it has been a long time coming for Steve. And again, uh, while we're praising on Steve for winning, I want to shout out congratulations to Kevin on a spectacular season as well. Yep. Um, look, His best I, I always years, say so. that Kevin is, uh, and, and not to knock anyone else, but I always say Kevin is, is the most underrated player we have in the league. And people kind of scoff because, you know, Kevin had to wear the toilet seat <laughs> a couple of times to the draft. That is what people remember. And they always they associate him with coming in last place a few times. And it's true, he has. He's had some bad luck in that regard. He's had but, some incredibly bad luck, though. Like, he, he he will tell you about it. Believe me, you don't even have to ask. Like, the, over the, <laughs> <laughs> but you had two years ago, he was projected to be a playoff team, had a really strong roster, had a bunch of injuries, he ended up being a top five scorer and missing the playoffs. Uh, and then when he got into the consolation bracket, the lottery bracket, he caught bad breaks. And then all of a sudden, Jason had his highest scoring game of the year in the last place game. And that's why Kevin had to wear the toilet seat. And then last year, of course, uh, Kevin again projected to be a playoff team. Same thing. Injuries, stuff wasn't breaking his way, so he decided to bail out, get some picks, try to move up a little bit, and try to focus on this season and doing better this year. And again, came into this season, he was fifth best odds to win the title and made it all the way to the championship game. I talked about it a couple times earlier. Coming into this season, Kevin had made the playoffs three other times, uh, was 0-3, and then he uh, comes in this year. Got his first career playoff victory. He actually finished the postseason four and two. Those four playoff wins tie him with former league participant and league champion Paul Cusera for eighth all time in playoff victories. But to leap up to eighth from dead last, that's uh that's quite the leap. Yeah. <laughs> so uh congratulations to him. Along those same lines, Steve finished four and one these playoffs bringing him to a total record of 11 and 12, almost at 500. Had he won in week 16, he would have broke even at 500. <laughs> but he's 11 and 12 all time in the playoffs, tying him with you for the second most playoff victories. So he now has the most regular season victories and the second most playoff victories. Damn, a a sure is... first ballot Hall of Famer. For sure. Well, Stan, well, there already is a fantasy football Hall of Fame, and it's sad that I know this, but that does exist. And maybe well, who they'll cares about that? The Golden League Hall of Fame. First ballot oh, right. Hall of Famer, for sure. Are we doing busts? Sure, make, why not? Like busts of ourselves? Yeah, sure, exactly. okay. Yeah. Make it a, I can make it out of paper mache. I'll just put it in my office and call it Hall of Fame. It'll work. Yeah. Summer project. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure my wife will love that. Yeah, oh, great. Yeah, that won't be caught grounds for divorce. He won't stop making cast of human heads. It's for the fantasy football. Look, you don't use that desk anyway. Your honor. Your honor. My my client. This is a good man. He couldn't possibly, you know, have done the things that he is accused of doing here today. I, I move for an immediate mistrial. But then when I'm sitting there at the other table and I'm, I've got all the busts with me proudly, then that just, <laughs> it won't help my case. I told you not to bring them. Uh, but yes, congratulations to both of them. Spectacular season. Congratulations to Mr. Flynn. If we had said at the beginning of the year the two Flynns were going to win both cups, I'll bet you we never would have guessed it would have gone this way. But yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Mr. Flynn takes home the lottery cup. He'll have the most entries into next season's uh, draft lottery, trying to get that number one pick. Eric has the second most entries, so both of them finish strong despite things not necessarily going their way in the regular season. The uh, one thing I did want to note here, 
about the league was we've been talking about our waiver system now about spend your fab budget you especially you've been harping on people get out there spend your fab budget make it happen yeah well they're not they're not listening so <laughs> clearly it like doesn't do anything well the way it's explained on the website for ESPN and the way that I understood it, it says we have the continuous waiver system and we go through waivers for the entire season. And you have your $200 for the season. And as I mentioned, the season runs typically until about uh, March-ish, end of February, start of March. And then I reactivate it sometime in May and that officially starts the new 2017 football season. So I had everything ready to go. I went on the website today and I looked and Brian made a free agent acquisition without waivers and i thought that's odd so then i went on tested it out and sure enough after the regular season of the nfl concluded apparently it's first come first serve free agent waivers so uh if you were sitting on any money in your free agent budget it's just gone now and i don't know why that is that was a setting i thought we specifically avoided uh i've contacted espn about it I'm trying to figure out why that's the case. But apparently, if there's anyone you want, you better go get them. Because it's just the wild, wild west out there right now. Wow, I'm literally doing this while you... Yeah. <laughs> that is that is fascinating. Yes. All right, well, I'm going to be a bit distracted now, everybody. I got to... Yeah, so as we record this, it's not going to matter. Because Neil's just going to be adding every player off of waivers that he possibly well, can. Well, fortunately for you people, I already spent all my fat budget the legit way. And I have most of what I want. So... Yeah. There you go. You and so me I, both. I, so I no, guess the exactly. draw is before the end of week 17, you'll want to spend your fab budget to make sure you have every player you possibly want. Because like now, even if you saved money till this point, it doesn't matter because it's first come first serve. So if there was somebody out there you wanted and you waited on it, you better go get them because they won't be out there for much longer. Yeah, not especially when this now that I know and then the, <laughs> this is going to get published. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's going to get a little bit picked through. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought that was weird and I would bring it to everyone's attention because like, this is our first year doing it. We're unfamiliar with it. This likely won't happen again, right? Are right. we trying to find a fix for this? Yeah, I've contacted ESPN. I'm seeing if there's something they can do to change that or if there's some setting maybe i can change that i just missed i don't think so but the way i understood it was for the entire season there was going to be a waiver period with this money until the season was over and apparently when they wrote all that out they meant the nfl season and it had nothing to do with our actual fantasy football season which doesn't make any sense to me but it's just free game go get what you want but until further notice, I guess now we know going into next year that at the end of week 17, it's first come, first serve. So if you want somebody, go spend every penny you can to get them because it's not going to matter if you have money at the end. Yeah, and it really incentivizes you to spend all your money during the, during season. the season. Yeah. You should have nothing left. I guess that's the point. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe this is something we can change. Maybe it's not. But if it's not, then that will change how people spend their money during the season. We will see much more, I think aggressive spending of money absolutely and the one thing i wanted to touch on for sure from the nfl i mean there's so much that happened uh, this past weekend you know with the coaches firing and we're unsure about people's futures looking into next season i figured we could you know bookend the podcast neil just you know, kind of finish it this season the way that we started it this season and just talk about alshon jeffrey saying the bears are going to win the super bowl next year <laughs> Because that is the dumbest dumpster fire of a statement I have ever heard. The Bears are so close 
that, oh, yeah, we'll add a piece uh, here or there in the draft and in free agency, and we're going to go out and win. And then Ryan Pace, the GM of the Bears, has the balls to come out and say, oh, yeah, I, I like it. I like that. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Of course, you don't want him to come out and say, yeah, we're going 3-13 and 13 again next year. You want him to actually delusionally believe they have a chance to win when everyone sure. knows they don't. Because you got to sell tickets. Yeah. Alshon Jeffrey is also like desperate at this point. I have a feeling to uh, you know get franchise tagged again to get another shot to stay in Chicago. There's only two real scenarios here, okay? So he's saying I'm going to win the Super Bowl next year, meaning he's going to sign with the Patriots and go win a Super right. Bowl over there, <laughs> or he's saying we're going to win a Super Bowl in Chicago next year. Because he knows he's going to be franchise tagged and stuck here, and he's just trying to convince himself that it's not going to be a horrible dumpster fire situation that he's trapped in still. Right, with Brian Hoyer as the quarterback. Right, he's and... trying to almost like reverse psychology himself, and I don't know how right. that's working, but if he wants to live in a delusional world, that's his problem. So he's not just sucking up to his boss? Because that's, that's where I'm going. I think he's just sucking up. That's entirely possible. I could see that. Because who's going to pay him franchise tag money at this point? This is my point. This is the biggest paycheck that he can get. Yeah. Where, where's he going? Because I've been saying, if he's not going there, Tennessee. I, honest to God, no. Him and Cutler go to the Jets. That's what I want. I want it. Make that happen for me. It would be the funniest and best team, if they, especially if they won like 11 games. It would be hysterical. Because they would have the... What is that? Like the 2011, the, something like that. 2011, 2012 Bears, basically. Yeah. Marshall, Jeffrey, Forte, and Cutler running the show for the Jets. That would be absolutely hilarious. I bet you they would be or terrible. It's got to be later than that. Maybe 2013. I don't know. It's something in that neighborhood. I'm just saying. It's from a couple years ago. That's that Bears team. It's I'd all love to Mark Tressman blood together in my brain. Yeah, and I'd, and I'd love to see it go to the Jets. Just take it all and, and just run that. And it would be hilarious if they won 11 games or something like that. Because all of a sudden, Mark Tressman would be sitting in his house like, God what the? F- <laughs> oh god! But yeah, I figured that's uh, what better way to finish off our season here than to uh, to finish it the way we started it—just trashing the Bears and the dumpster fire that they are. Well, then you just see not like get the news reports into, yeah, today. Yeah, not to get off into a Texans tangent, but I want the sad macabre of of Steve Bottom wailing about his Texans and the uh. saga of. Bill O'Brien possibly being fired or having to step down because they want Brock Osp. This is just alarming. Like, I hope this isn't true. I hope this is false. And I hope Bill O'Brien like gave somebody the finger or took a swing at somebody and they're covering for it with this story. Because, oh my God, don't let this happen. The re- well, the report is that he uh, didn't even get to interview or talk to Osweiler in the offseason. Like, Rick Smith, the GM, went out and signed Osweiler for all this money, and Bill O'Brien basically found out about it like we all did. He got, like, texts and news alerts that the Texans had just signed Brock Osweiler, and he's like, I don't even know anything about this kid, and now he's my franchise quarterback. And then he came in, and Osweiler wasn't getting the offense in the offseason, so he dumbed it down. And now they're playing like half the playbook they were playing from last season. With Brian Hoyer, mind you. Yeah. With Brian Hoyer and Brandon Whedon. And these are NFL washouts that could get this playbook. So yeah. I'm really... But anyway, they dumbed it down for Brock. He still wasn't getting it. He was poorly performing. Then they, he went through the season and he kept like threatening that, look, you got to pick it up. 
you know, we need to win these games and you're not helping us win right now. And basically him and Osweiler had gotten into it a couple times. Like they get in yelling matches, which is nothing new because, uh, I mean, O'Brien gets into screaming matches with everybody on his staff and all the players anyway. That's kind of his personality. Like, yeah. There's a very famous scene from like 2012 when he was still with the Patriots when he's like chewing out Tom Brady on the sideline because Brady threw a pick. It's Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, that's just his personality. It's who he is. But anyway, essentially he felt his hand was kind of forced because of all the money they were paying him to keep him in there. And then he benched right. him for Tom Savage because he got sick of it. He had to win the game. Yeah. He had no choice. It's like, I have to win this game or we're not going to go to the playoffs. So you're put in this spot of, I'm going to get fired probably because I'm benching my boss's guy. Like, I'm going against my boss here. I'm probably going to get fired for that. But I'm also going to get fired if I don't win this game and we don't go to the playoffs. So basically, Osweiler had to go in the game this last week because of the injury to Savage in the second quarter. He looks like garbage still. So then uh, Savage comes back. They say, oh, yeah, he's fine. So O'Brien puts him in the game just to take a knee and end the half. They go back into the locker room. Savage is reevaluated, and now they say he does have a concussion. I don't know what could have possibly changed, but now they've changed their mind, and he's got a concussion. Apparently, O'Brien says something to the effect of, well, Tom's out. So now Brock needs to pull his head out of his ass. Something (laughs) along those lines. And then they start going at it, yelling at each other back and forth how Osweiler needs to wake up. So then they come out in the second half, and the offense did look better, and Osweiler did play a lot better. I think what a lot of analysts and stuff in Houston are saying is that basically Osweiler felt that uh, he was the backup to Manning in Denver, and it was always Manning's show, and he had to kind of earn it. So when he got benched for Manning, he was like, yeah, Peyton Manning's a legend, I get it. And then when he came down to Houston and they paid him all that money, he was like, okay, that was Manning's team. This is mine. Mm -hmm. It's my show. They're paying me all this money to be the quarterback. And he kind of just was going through the motions and wasn't really putting in the effort. Basically, I don't want to say not caring, but pretty much not caring. Jay Cutler in it? Yeah. yeah. Like the absolute bare minimum effort to not get fired? Because he was like, what are they going to do, bench me for Tom Savage? And then they benched him for Tom Savage. And he was like, oh, I really do have to actually, like, put effort into this and try because they will cut me and not care about losing the money. So he came out in the second half and looked a ton better. Like, that scrambling touchdown he had in the fourth quarter that essentially meant nothing, that was, like, the guttiest play he's had all season. That was, like, yeah. the most effort he's had with his legs. And they're like, where has this guy been all year? Yeah, this is the guy we, we paid. Yeah. Where's this Where's this at? So they felt a lot better about him coming into this week. And O'Brien said that after the benching and the way he performed in the second half, he was going to give the nod to Osweiler either way. But there were rumors that it's entirely possible that because O'Brien has never clicked with Osweiler and the front office has put all this money in Osweiler and wants it to work with him, that... O'Brien wouldn't be fired, but he wouldn't want to stay there anymore, especially with some of these job openings available. And he may do what Doug Marone did and just back out of his contract to just mutually part ways. So someone else can come in and work with Osweiler and he can go somewhere else and take some other job. Yeah, that makes sense. But if this works out here in the playoffs, then it all means... Well, yeah, I was going to say, if they happen to say... If they lose to Connor Cook... I don't like okay. the chances. If they lose to Connor Cook, like multiple people might be gone out of there. It'll be interesting to watch how that happens, how that how that whole thing unfolds. All right, but enough about that. You ready to do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always good to rant. <laughs>
What do you think the Bears are going to do in the draft? They've got that third overall pick, right? The latest projections I've seen are them taking some quarterback from Wyoming that I've never heard of. But they said he's like a legit pocket passer, gunslinger, who's like a freak of nature. And he's got talent galore, but he's not NFL ready. So he needs to come in and sit for a season behind Hoyer or Barkley or whoever. So he's Brock Osweiler. Great. Yeah. Well, no, he's more Jared Goff. (laughs) (laughs) He's got to sit there, be inactive for the entire season. This is what you spent your money on. Yeah. It's what Jeff Fisher bet his uh, future on, and that worked out really well. Jeff Fisher doesn't care anymore. What are you talking about? He's got more money than God. Why would he give one single – he's long past the point of caring. That's how you that's how you make some of these decisions, I think. It's like, yeah, it's fine, it's good enough. I get paid either way. <laughs> I got the I already got the mansion, son. My best oh, part of that whole thing though is him just trading away the number two pick to the Redskins to get all those picks so that they could take RG three and then oh, him yeah. rubbing it in the Redskins' face by having all those players come out as captains against the Redskins like two years later. And then he comes back and does the exact same thing and just spends a whole ton of picks to go up in the draft and get a quarterback that he doesn't use. It's just, it's karma. It is karma. And I'll enjoy watching him on ESPN. I know my grandmother will be very happy. She she thinks that he is, she's a Tennessee Titans fan, ladies and gentlemen. She thinks Jeff Fisher is God. She thinks he is the handsomest and smartest man. And that's what I think Jeff Fisher has going for him, frankly. Yeah, every, everyone in Tennessee thinks that yeah. they're basically Jeff Fisher's mom. Like, he's so yeah. special. They love Jeff Fisher. Like, he's, he's he can do no wrong. I think it's the mustache. I think the, the mustache, mustache fools people into a sense of, like, delusion. Like, no, he's competent. No, look, he's got that mustache. Like, it's, Yeah, isn't that how like, it works for sex offenders? <laughs> <laughs> Just lures you into a false sense of security. <laughs> he couldn't do anything. He's got a mustache. <laughs> ESPN breaking news. <laughs> yeah, the Rams decided to fire him before the scandal got public. That's right. Oh, God. We're going to make a Happy Valley reference somewhere in here, too, right? And just get wow. that obligatory, yeah. yeah. Take a dark turn immediately. <laughs> well, you are, how? So where's the line exactly? <laughs> Where is the line? Hey, I said sex offender, not pedophile. That's entirely different. <laughs> The line is 18, according to the state, okay? <laughs> so far off the these rails all, here. These are all solid points, and, uh, and yeah, this 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 should all be edited. Oh, no, this is all gold. No, this is all gold, this of course. All gold. But, oh, God. What were we talking about? Football at some point? Yeah, something like that. So let's get yeah, into the yearly yeah. awards, because, I mean, why not? That's There's no way to transition back th- into no, this. No, no, so. it's... Uh... <laughs> Uh, the two awards yet to be handed out. You, of course, won the scoring championship, as we all know, because you like to gloat about that. I do, because I only have the one. We have the 2016 Comeback Player of the Year and the 2016 McHugh's Player of the Year. First, the Comeback Player of the Year. Of course, to qualify, you had to be in the league last year, clearly, because how could you come back from nothing? Uh, and then any team that made the playoffs does not qualify either. So we had three finalists. The finalists were in order, Matt Herrick, Kevin McCarthy, and Tony Samponia, alphabetical order, that is. And the uh, statistically determined by four categories, the wins, your improvement in wins, your improvement in win percentage, which does differ because we had all those ties, your points scored, how much better you did scoring points, 
and then your rank in the league, where you finished in the standings, how that differed. Uh, so out of a possible 48 points, 12 points for each category, with a score of 46 out of 48, your comeback player of the year, Mr. Tony Samponia. Tony. Congratulations, Tony. Comeback player of the year. Uh, Kevin was close. He had 40 out of the 48. Matt Herrick with 34. But yes, Tony ran away with it, and there's no real surprise there. The way he dominated the beginning of the season here, for him to be comeback player of the year coming off of the year he had last year, it, it's no big surprise. You know what? <laughs> I just knocked. We're going to have to back up because <laughs> I just knocked my drink over. So now I need a new drink. <laughs> Oh, my life. Oh, this is all staying in. This is great. You know what? One last time. This 2016 season recap is brought to you by Metal Diet. Taste that sad. <laughs> you all situated with your drink now? You yeah. Want, you want to come yeah, in I on literally... Tony's Comeback Player of the Year Award? <laughs> yeah, I hope all that gets left in. Just, you know what? Just You might as well leave it in. And yes, I do. And I have a question first. Did, uh-huh. did you say whether or not it factors in uh, playoff, or is it regular season only? These are just regular season awards. Okay, so I was going to say, I was wondering if Kevin would have won, if it would have impacted his score. But like you said, it's uh, it's a testament to uh, the year Tony had last year, where he just kind of got off to a bad start, and it just didn't go well yeah, all season last long. Last year, Tony was 4-7, and seven, so was Kevin. Uh, this year, Tony finished 8-3, and three, Kevin 7-4. and four. Yeah, and Tony also put up a ton of points. He was the second highest point total. He almost caught me down the stretch there. Right. I mean, he had he had a huge amount of points. So Right, he was he actually 350 points better this season than last year. Yeah, and he, he went contrarian. It was an interesting thing, and I, I it was just kind of like this is what – he just kind of sat there and let the draft come to him, and he wasn't scared about taking DeMarco Murray when everybody else was like, well, there you go. You're, enjoy your season of watching him on the IR. Hey, you know. Like the third best running back fantasy. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, he had Danny Woodhead as one of his keepers. That was what his right. team was kind of built around was Woodhead and Murray. And he went out and got LaShawn McCoy, too, when a lot of people avoided LaShawn McCoy in the early rounds. And he was going to play the three of them with Woodhead in his flex. And then when Woodhead went down, we kind of wrote it off in the second week. We were like, well, Tony had one good week. And then Woodhead goes down, and that's basically it. Here it is the collapse of Tony that happens every season, and it just didn't happen. Yeah, he got carried through by LaShawn McCoy and DeMarco Murray staying healthy all year and really having good seasons. And also, he he was in on Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton, and it was funny because he didn't want Andrew Luck. I know this because right. I was drafting in the chat with him. <laughs> he, took, he took Andrew Luck, and the only thing I heard out of his mouth was... <laughs> and he uh, and he just like, I didn't want to do that. Oh well, we're gonna go with it. Yeah. Then he went and got Ty Hilton, and it really panned out this year. And again, it's because Andrew Luck was still sitting there when he was waiting for it, because every a lot of people were down on Andrew Luck because of the injuries, and uh, none of it happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, a couple of them got dinged up, and they pretty much played all year. So that's it's pretty nuts. So once again, Tony, your comeback player of the year. The McHugh's Player of the Year standings, of course, uh, are sponsored by McHugh's Bar and Grill in Bolingbrook. Player of the Year standings, as we've gone over and over and over again, it's the Golden League power rankings that we do every single week. So the power rankings are based on six different categories, possible 12 points each, a possible best score of 96. So you could get up to 96 points every single week 
for all 11 weeks of the season we add up a grand total of all the power rankings and whoever has the highest grand total of the 11 power rankings is who wins our player of the year the three finalists we had this year were steve flynn jr who ended up winning the title tony samponia once again and yourself neil neil smith and uh, at the end of the day, with an average weekly score of 85.6 out of the 96, Tony is your 2016 MVP coming out of nowhere to win his first MVP. Congratulations to Tony. Neil, you, Congratulations. Were, you were second with 79.5. Oh. Flynn with 70.5. Four. Nobody else even broke 60. This is where I have to do my polite Oscar clap with a smile. <laughs> And not look too pissed off. Yeah. So actually, when you look back over Tony's scores through the entire season, he had a 55 in week two. And that was the week that Danny Woodhead went down. In every other week, he did not score less than an 85. So pretty remarkable for him in that. And then for you, you had a lot of 80s, a bunch of 70s. Then you had a 65 at the beginning of the year. And because you did so poorly in week one, you had a 14. Oh, yeah. That'll do it. So, yeah, that kind of crippled you there otherwise solid year for both of you guys but tony claiming his first mvp congratulations to him on putting two awards in his otherwise empty trophy case <laughs> uh, so if you want to look at the uh, all time now this is his first mvp and then, uh, of course, his first comeback player of the year. And then, remember, he did win the scoring title the year that he missed the playoffs. Yes, the infamous the infamous dual running back, yes. Marshawn Lynch, Jamal Charles team. Correct, that in 2012. Probably should have won a title. <laughs> yeah, in 2012, he somehow led the league in scoring and went 4-6-1, and one, as well documented. So, Tony, his third career trophy, second and third, I suppose, to go up on the wall there. So, congratulations, Dave. It, it might feel like participation trophies that we're handing out here. I, I get that. There is actually prize money associated with scoring title, MVP. And comeback player of the year as well, yes. Yeah, these awards do matter because if nothing else, even if you don't win, and even if you don't place very high, at least you can make your buy-in back, for example. So right. it's not a total loss. The whole reason we added this in was because this shows who statistically had the best overall season in multiple categories. Who statistically got better gets rewarded, the team that scored the most points gets rewarded, and then the team that for the entire year was the most consistently dominant is the MVP and they also get financially rewarded. And it's so that if you have terrible matchups, like, say, for example, Brian, who has a high-scoring team but just has terrible luck when it comes to the schedule, and that's the reason you lose a bunch of games, this is an opportunity. It's a way for you to actually make something out of it still, to still salvage your season. All right, so speaking of padding his resume, his trophy case, salvaging his season, we're joined now by your MVP, Mr. Tony Samponia. Tony. Welcome to the podcast. Thank Welcome you. Back. Thank you very much, everybody. I'm sorry to keep you waiting. Complicated <laughs> business. Complicated. Thank you very much. Of course, of course. Do you want? To, you have any kind of acceptance speech or anything you want to say to? Uh, I do. I, I've just re- received a call from Secretary Kevin. He congratulated us. It's about us on our victory. I congratulated him and his family on very, very hard fought campaign season. Season. Tony, I really feel like this is some sort of campaign acceptance. I mean, Kevin fought really hard, Hillary. I mean, Kevin had worked very long, very hard over a long period of time. We owe him a major debt of gratitude for his service to our country. League. League. 
Uh, wow. It's interesting may that have, you see yourself as the Donald Trump of this league. It's I, I may feel have like there's Donald Trump's acceptance speech. <laughs> I feel like there's some kind of psychiatric evaluation we can put into this as to why you would relate so hard to that. I know Neil liked it. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> That's how you know it was a good speech, uh, uh, if you can make Neil speechless. Anytime anyone can make Neil speechless, it, it's it, it's a work of art. Well, in fairness, anytime Donald Trump talks, I'm usually just hypnotized by it to the point of, like, I can feel myself going catatonic. I could send you this speech if you want to yeah, read it. Yeah, I've heard it before, believe me. Nobody, uh, nobody can say so little with so many words quite like he can, and by association, Tony, <laughs> with stealing his speech. I like comparing Kevin to Hillary Clinton, though. I'm sure you will get a text message about this, because that's staying in. And in fact, that might also be a drop. That might also become a drop because referring to Kevin as the Hillary Clinton of the fantasy football league, I oh, that's funny. That's got to pick somebody. Good. Yeah, but uh, the fact that you chose that it was Kevin and you chose it, oh, it's got layers. That one, that's it. Cuts so deep. I think it says a lot about your relationship as well. That too. <laughs> Perhaps. God, comparing Kevin to Hillary Clinton of fantasy football. <laughs> So good. <laughs> well, no, because he's been around forever. <laughs> like, gotten real close a bunch of times. I just can't quite. We're just not ready to have Kevin be champion. You know, yeah. we're just not ready to. As a society. As a society. <laughs> I'm glad you like that, Neil. It's, it's uh, awesome. Like, it just true. works on so many levels. He's the Hillary Clinton of fantasy. He is... literally Googled that right now. I had he's no. He's so pissed. No planning was found. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> Oh god, so much hate. So, so much happy. hate for you. <laughs> I'm going down with you, Tony. You started it, but I finished it. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know. Does Kevin still have Russian friends? <laughs> he may now. <laughs> He's gonna hack the podcast. But uh Tony, once again, congratulations. It was a uh, an impressive season. Neil was talking about earlier. How you decided to go contrarian, basically. Uh, I do remember we were at the fantasy football convention this year, and uh, the w- one of the few notes I took was Eric Carabell on the stage saying what a dumpster fire he was going to be in the Tennessee backfield and to avoid both of those running backs. And <laughs> you took the advice of most fantasy football players by going complete opposite of whatever Eric Carabell says <laughs> and, and just taking whoever you wanted. So kudos to you for... Uh, Going out on a limb and taking DeMarco Murray there. I think it worked out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that looked like a genius there. My favorite part of the whole draft, like I said before, was drafting with Tony. It takes Andrew Luck, and you just hear, oh, word I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want Andrew Luck. Oh, well, I guess we're going with <laughs> Skips all the stages of grief and acceptance. Like, it just, Immediate to acceptance, it. yes. <laughs> Like, I guess this is what's happening now. I guess I gotta get T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, double down into T.Y. and it works <laughs> out. <laughs> so now after this season, you gotta know, expectations are high going into next year. There's a lot of pressure now. Do you feel it? Do you feel the pressure? Not yet. Not yet. I might feel it next year during the draft. Yeah, no, if will. he's the Donald Trump of fantasy football, then he won't feel any pressure at all. He'll just <laughs> blunder through and just He'll say just a bunch Blake of nonsense. Bortle his way to the playoffs again. Yeah. Yeah, just... You just keep throwing haymakers. <laughs> well, I mean, it worked to this point, so you can't argue with it. Exactly. Exactly. But, uh, Tony, once Go with again, your gut. congratulations. 
keep going with your gut. It, it works so perfectly for you this time. And uh, well done on a uh, on a good season this year. Thank you. Thank you both. Always a pleasure, Tony. All right, so thank you and congratulations again to Tony. And uh, I'd like to thank you guys listening. We appreciate it. Appreciate the, all the great feedback we've gotten all season. It's been a blast to do. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to next year already, Neil. Yeah, me as well. We were already talking about it, trying to nail down a plan for the off season. And uh, it's weird to think about it, but you kind of already start prepping for next year pretty quick here because the draft is coming up in April. So it's not really that far away. Yeah, absolutely. We've already been looking at our lineup of owners here. I've I've had people reach out to me about uh, potentially joining the league through the podcast. So it's been quite the experience this year. Certainly took off a lot more than I expected it to. Uh, Not the following I thought we would get for sure. But uh, we're we're very grateful for all of our listeners out there. And we want to just thank you and and let you know that we appreciate you. Yeah, thanks to everybody. We appreciate it a lot because... It wouldn't be a whole lot of fun. I mean, we would still do it if only like two people. That, I, I I promise you, I promise yeah. you, we would still be doing this. Yeah, if it was just if only you two and me. people. Yeah, that, uh-huh. yeah but, because we will entertain each other endlessly for hours. And Brian, yeah, just, and Brian, and that's literally the, like we'd have an audience of Brian. We would just laugh at each other and get Brian drunk at work, and that would be yeah, the whole podcast, which is pretty it. much what that's, it is anyway. But right, but somehow we've somehow managed to garner these other fans and people that I know that don't play in this league that we have I, at this point we have to have more people that don't play in this league that listen to this show than people who do it's <laughs> kind of a weird yeah. thing that we've got going on here so anybody who wants to take time to listen to this you are probably a hardcore fantasy football player <laughs> yeah. if you've made it this far through the fantasy football podcast you're like oh who are these guys but yeah. at this point we're very thankful for everybody who listens come back next year we're going to do a couple off-season shows and we'll be starting up here soon again before you know it yeah exactly we'll be We'll be back on the uh, the airwaves here before, before you can snap your fingers. But uh, to send us off here, just once again want to say thank you. And uh, we, we've got a quick little recap here, a little montage, if you will, of some of our best highlights from the season. So one last time, here it is, a little kangaroo court for you. For Neil, I'm Steve. We'll see you later, everybody. some nonsense surely you can't be serious still here still selling fake doors i am serious and don't call me sure on golden league now hey guys first of all so amazing to hear the theme song music again welcome back to golden league now how awesome is this it has been a long time in the making Mostly you're listening for Steve. If you're listening for me, uh, well, to be honest with you, I'll send you personalized recording. You ready? As ready as I'm going to be, considering we have no script or anything. <laughs> I mean, you're literally, like, putting me on the spot. I don't even, like, I, I, first of all, when I listened to the first one, I was uh-huh. like, oh, damn, I thought he was just going to, like, do an interview with me, and I was going to be in and out, yeah. like, two minutes, and now... And suddenly there's like an agenda that I know nothing about. There's like, I want this on record, by the way. This is how I'm actually opening. <laughs> Absolutely. I was told to show up and told I was going to be doing an interview, and suddenly I'm co-hosting. So, yeah. <laughs> welcome welcome to the show, everyone. <laughs> you could actually take the words to We Didn't Start the Fire, and uh, if you rewrite it with uh, Brown's quarterback last names, it actually syncs up, and it's exactly perfect. Nice. Yeah, okay, so that's how many... That's pretty sad, actually. It's, that's it's, it's, uh, We didn't start the dumpster fire. For those in our audience that have no clue what we're talking about other than, you know, the 
actual football and the dumpster fire bears. I will take the bears could beat the Colts argument in a vacuum. <laughs> and the bears have a dumpster fire. Because she realizes, just like everybody else that has two eyes, <laughs> that the bears are just a flaming dumpster rolling down the street, heading towards an oil rig. Yeah. The oh, man is oh a God, dumpster not a fire. Okay, fine. I'll give you that in a vacuum. That's fine. Dumpster fire, dumpster fire. Dumpster fire, dumpster fire. Super dumpster fire. Napalm and perk. What kind of dumpster fire offense slash special teams did I just watch? The rest of the AFC South is such a dumpster fire. <laughs> Would you say have... it's a dumpster fire? Take a shot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Take For those a of shot. you playing the home drinking game. For those of you playing the home drinking game, absolutely. We just killed like three people with alcohol poisoning. And Brian at work, apparently. That was the most interesting part of that. <laughs> Drunk at work. I like it. The bold I can't listen to this at work anymore because I'm wasted already. That was. <laughs> Strategy hey, there. Th- thanks for the look, the look into your life, Brian. Just getting, I, I just like picture it. Picture him opening up the desk drawer and there's just a lonely glass with a bottle of whiskey. He's what, listening you don't? to the podcast, waiting for us to say dumpster fire. I, I know my wife subscribes, and it's mostly to make fun of me. Well, I mean, uh, this is just fuel. Like she already had enough fire, like in the in the pit there. Mm-hmm just make fun of me constantly and she's like oh what is this gasoline let me just throw that right on top of this here you Absolutely. go yeah and i can't blame her for that smart no that's that's marriage i was yeah that, that's the secret to to a happy marriage right there is just constantly having enough ammunition to tear the other person down that's exactly yeah Of course. Internet why, wouldn't, why wouldn't you? This is this is this is completely germane to everything. I was Dude. actually going to get into no. You know what it probably is? It's probably have you found? Have you seen Nolan recently? Is he just running around with the internet box? Yep, that's it. That's what it is. He's just he's Gronk spiking something. Yeah. Right. A microscope is an optical instrument used to magnify objects. We do Kevin. We do Kevin. Uh, I said Kevin at four. Yeah. I just didn't have any comments on no it. Comment. Do you want to talk about Kevin's roster? Let's put the Irish under the microscope. No, that's not under the microscope. No, all, all I wanted to say was... New segment idea. Under, under the, the microscope? microscope? How to lose all your friends by doing a podcast. Step one, like create that. a segment called Under the Microscope. Nitpick someone's team in a public forum like a dick. Here's the stupidest movie you ever could have made. <laughs> I had, I had. Yeah, but kudos on such a fantastic. I was going somewhere with this until you wanted to go under the microscope into the friendship voting zone. This is more the conversation I wanted to have, not to dive into Kevin's roster and nitpick. Under the microscope. (laughs) More of this, like. Don't you dare think this is a one-time thing because we will dive under the microscope. Oh yeah, absolutely, we sure will. That is a hundred percent becoming a drop. This, this is thing. (laughs) This is a segment now on. Oh, it's absolutely gonna happen. We're gonna get so that's that's when we start we start losing followers and getting hate mail. Either that or we get like triple the followers. We had a good run. We had a good run. A seven joker is the one.